Welcome to the Bell Ringers Teaching Podcast. Welcome to June. Young, can you believe it? You've officially survived your first official real year of teaching. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I I can't believe the days here, honestly. Like earlier today, because um, school just got out, and I was just when the bell rang, I kind of just then sat down at my desk and then I just tried to remember September mm. and just remember the first day of school and I really couldn't. Like <laughs> this, I don't remember anything that happened this year, and it's just like somehow we're in June and. I feel like even like it was March yesterday, right? And I was getting tired around March and now we're here and I made it. And yeah, it's just, I think I, I, I appreciate summers a lot more definitely than when I was a student. Oh yes, you have yeah. that sweet feeling of summer break. Like mm-hmm. that is, I feel like that, you know, rejuvenates the heart of every teacher. Oh, this was tough, but now summer is here and it just is amazing. And it sounds, go ahead. Yeah. I was really thankful for my students. Um, When the final bell rang, they all like in their sweet sixth grade voices yelled summer and they were so excited. And I felt like, yes, that is how I feel, but I don't have the energy to shout and scream like that and like dance and jump for joy so I'm very thankful that they like did that for me right it echoed your heart yeah well and it sounds too like you have plans for fun this summer like I know there are some teachers that like try to pick up another job or Mm -hmm. try to um yeah, basically do do work in the summer or work in the summer to make some more money but you have fun summer plans. Yep. So hopefully that will give us some good, good time to recharge. How did it go? We'll start with that. How do you think it went? Um, this is interesting because like, oh, okay. Let me just say, I think it went well. Um, it seemed like the students really enjoyed their time with me and I enjoyed my time with them. Um, but I think just like at the end of the year, I was talking to Kyla about this, but I recognized, I think, especially as the year comes to an end, just like all of the, my faults and like my shortcomings. And I'm just like, man, did I, I failed these kids in so many different ways, all while knowing that I did great in some other aspects and like all while knowing like, young, this was your first year and back in September or even in the summer before our mission was just to get to June. Mm. and so it's mission accomplished and um if you kind of move the goalpost right now you're never going to be happy um let's go back to our original mission of just surviving this year because it sounds like cliche and i've heard it so many times from other teachers talking about how i don't their first year is just miserable or no one remembers or it was just so much work But it kind of was. It was a lot of work. And I think going into it with the expectation that I'm I'm not going to be perfect right away and that I just need to get to June and have 
you know, some sort of foundation for my lessons and for the future. Um, I think that's more realistic. Right. Well, um, newsflash, you'll never be perfect. None of (laughs) us are. Um, but yeah, I, I would say I definitely know I can think about my first year of teaching and, mm-hmm. and it's a little cringy, um, but that's okay because you have to start somewhere and, and in some ways it's, as you said, it's, it has a lot of great memories. It gives you the starting point. What would you say has been something that went better than you expected? I think just like the implementation of all of the edge protocols and things throughout the year that um, after our podcast, I would get re-energized and you know, introduce like ed puzzles or something like that. And then um, I know it's been about two or three months since our last episode, but I think since then, I it was just kind of automatic. Like, of course, not everything like was the way that I would want to teach in the future, right? There was a lot of like um, like worksheets, like um, section review questions from the book, but I think that was just coping to, <laughs> and self-preservation, um, but also like, mixed in with some of the edge protocols or ed puzzles or more student-centered things. Um, and yeah, it, it just seemed like school kind of took on its own rhythm by like April or May. Um, so I, I thought that was an interesting thing that I observed of just like kind of the rhythms of, of the school year. Um, and like once we kind of settled down in the fall, and, and after we got over the winter break, then it was, it was kind of, it was kind of nice just to, because like the students knew what to do. I knew what to do a little bit more um, and you could kind of have a little bit more fun um, and to try to get it to June. Yeah. So you feel like, you know, yeah, there's a lot you have to plan for a lot. You need to prep, you know, in the school situation that you're in, you have you know, multiple classes, like Mm -hmm. three or four, I think four classes, four preps to teach, you know, and that's a lot for a first year teacher. Um, And so, yeah, you have to maybe give some assignments that just are going to get you by, but you feel like infusing edge protocols, maybe brought in those opportunities for students to be creative and Mm -hmm. engaged and, and, and go a little deeper yeah and I think one of the most helpful things was just like the routine aspect of it where students aren't surprised um and they knew what the directions are and like sub plans were amazing just like it's on google classroom they know what to do and um you can just kind of sit there right well in that routine I think and this is something you know, as we talk more about culturally responsive teaching and social emotional learning, you know, having that predictable atmosphere so that kids know what to expect, they feel kind of safe in that. And then in that safety and in that routine, they feel like they can take risks. And, mm-hmm. and that's something that can be a struggle to get in a lot of classrooms. Yeah, that reminds me of like one of our um, PD days where um, I was encouraged because 
I forget what the actual terms are or whatever it was, but like, <laughs> anyway, it was just, I, it was something along the lines of every day you can set different standards for success for yourself okay. or um, label each day. Like um, today was like academically, like my lessons went well, like I had good things planned and my students based on my assessments, like they learned like what they were supposed to, mm -hmm. all of the objectives were met. Some days it's more about like just everyone got along, everyone participated, there was community building um, and the teacher created a, a safe environment and like that's a success. And so since that PD, I, I was more kind to myself when I was giving those more getting by or like time filler worksheets or something like that, mm -hmm. just to be like, like right now you don't have the bandwidth to do the academic part and the social emotional learning and community building aspect of it, right? Like today, you're just going to do the community building. And <laughs> that's what I would tell myself just to kind of I say like, yes, I know this is not what you want to do, but today you can focus on um, being good with your students and just having a um, good community. And that kind of helped me. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I mean, take, for example, you know, today, the last day of school, right? Mm -hmm. Or was it yesterday? You know, it's like, yeah, we're not going to be um, academically hitting it out of the park today. Right. Um, and, but we can, we can do these other things. And, and really um, one of the realizations for me along the way too, was like, in reality, what are they going to be remembering about the civil war or, you know, the legislative branch, mm -hmm. not much, but like that problem solving, that creating that community, all those, all those things are learning how to learn. I mean, those mm -hmm. are things that they will take with them more long-term right? and a little plug for edu protocols. They are putting on a couple of new teacher academy sessions for like people in their first five years of teaching, like learn about these, catch on to these. I don't, I don't know if last time their edu protocols is, is hopping over to TikTok with some younger <laughs> teachers that have implemented. So it's gaining steam that way. So um, certainly new teachers can, um, you know, hop on the edu protocol bandwagon with some of these trainings this summer. Yeah, that's exciting to hear that edu protocols is on TikTok. <laughs> it is totally. I know. I I even released one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm hip. You know, I'm mm -hmm. really cool like yeah. that. Um, so all right. So that's something that went well. I guess what's what are some of the things that you feel, you know, didn't go as well that you're, you're kind of looking ahead, wanting to really make some, some changes in, in what areas? Yeah. Um, and I think this is a combination of just like the, my specific classroom and maybe just like with COVID and just the social, emotional, um, experiences of my students but we had a small class of only like nine students by the end of the year and um, about half the kids 
were active and participating or just like I don't want to say noisy or just like but like there was half of the half of the class was very quiet and shy and attentive I guess and the other mm-hmm. half were they took up the most airspace I guess you would say okay. um but being such a small class I just let that fly because otherwise it'd just be dead silent in such a small classroom and so um looking ahead to next year where i'll have 25 students um and kyla who's the fifth grade teacher who knows all these kids or knows most of them has been telling me you really need to like crack down and be such a good classroom management like you need to be very consistent and clear and your September needs to be like spot on because yeah, there's, there's just 25 of them and there's only one of you. So um, that's something that I need to think, think about because like this year, yes, I, I let a lot of like back and forth, like conference, basically just like conversations with the students and the teacher mm-hmm. because I wanted, I, I wanted to get something from the students. Mm. Right. Um, but I think next year, it's, it's, it's got to be, like, back to the basics. You got to, like, wait your turn. Raise your hand. Someone else is talking. Um, because with a class of nine, that was, we had some a bit more leeway with that. Yeah. Um, but I think just, like, generally speaking, just being, like, consistent is something that I need to work harder at. I think just based on my, my energy levels, um, you like pretend not to see something or hear something and you're like, I can't deal with this right now. Mm. Um, So, but I think being consistent and having clear expectations, what I think helped me be proactive rather than reactive. True. And Mm. that's a good point. And I, but I think also um, recognize a hundred percent, you know, you want to have expectations because that is part of that feeling safe and being, being able to learn is knowing that, um, the expectations are clear and they're consistently followed through with. Mm -hmm. Um, but also I think balancing that, I think it's so key, you know, students are so used to I'm in control. These are the rules. This is what I'm telling you to do. So, but you want to create a, or I'm telling you, you should want to create, I think you want to create, you know, a sense of this is our, our classroom. This is our space. Um, we're supposed to learn here. What can we do? What agreements can we come to that will, will help us all reach those goals of mm-hmm. learning? Um, and so helping them take some ownership in the process as well so that you don't have to feel like you are um you know a dictator i guess (laughs) in the system (laughs) and and that you're just there to to punish i guess right so how can they come up with some ownership in that um but yeah definitely setting those expectations and I think that idea of ownership fits with the theme of, you know, you're going into middle school. And so now, like, a lot of the things are now on you. Like, mm-hmm. I can't make you do your homework. I can't make you do anything. Um, so it's, it's just 
takes effort from you to kind of engage in this positive classroom community or engage with your own learning. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what conditions do you need and do you, mm-hmm. what do you need from other, your classmates to make. And being able to recognize that and express like what you need as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yes. Classroom management. Those are definitely, you know, in your first years of teaching. And I know definitely for me too, it was like, oh my goodness, how do I do this? (laughs) And how do I have some order, um, and a place where students can learn? Um, and I could definitely see how with nine students, you kind of have the luxury of, uh, not having to stress about it as much mm-hmm. this first year. Um, but yeah, I agree that when you're more than doubling your number of students, <laughs> uh, you want to make sure that that you've got a plan, a game plan going in. Oh, yeah. So I think I might have some resources for you. But um, okay, so that's that's what you're thinking about going forward as far as that goes. And so some of the things that we talked about a lot this year. So number one, edu protocols, and you already talked about, you know, that routine of students mm-hmm. knowing what to expect. Um, you know, that made it easier for you to plan, easier for them to do it. And then again, hopefully you're seeing too, that it was engaging for them and they, they were able to, you know, be more creative and, and expressive than answering the section review might allow yeah. for, yeah. um, so where do you see those going for you next year? Um, I'll definitely slow down on introducing the edge protocols, I think. Mm, I think yeah. I think I learned like one edge protocol a month mm. is a good a good timeline. Right. Um, well, and edge protocols, I I'm we may have talked about, it, I'm sure we did. They do kind of have this smart start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, you're introducing at the beginning of the year these edu protocols, but all with like very low cognitive load things where they're introducing right. themselves, getting to know each other. Um, so okay. So That's I'm good. envisioning like a smart start week spread throughout, like um, because it's also like kind of community building, right? You let's say we want to do thin slides and so at the beginning of the year we introduced that um in addition to just like getting to know use um and then later on cyber sandwiches or something like that um it could just be some uh, morning routine type of type of work yeah definitely a slower build i remember Mm -hmm. see look at this we're we're jogging our memories that that was something uh, that you did talk about that you were trying to do maybe a little too much and you could slow it down and make sure they really have got them down. Um, okay. But continuing to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also, you also did some, and you know, and COVID came into play, but also it, it proved to be helpful no matter what with um, roadmaps, learning roadmaps. Oh, yeah. So you know, and again, I think go, talking about, you know, you have fifth or sixth graders, you know, starting middle school. So they really have to, this really, I think gives them a taste of, you know, I'm not lying. You really do have um, some ownership over the pace of this. And so what do you think, you know, how did you continue on with roadmaps <laughs> since March 
And where do you see those going next year? Um, so I kind of have a funny story with roadmaps. So when I was teaching to seventh graders in geography, mm-hmm. I used roadmaps um, and they're a bit more technical, technically savvy. Mm-hmm. And so they took all of my like game pieces, uh, which were just images on a Google side. And then they just replaced it with whatever they wanted or like made them way too big or just like started deleting other people's. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you guys can't handle this. I'm disappointed. Um, not really about them, but just like I was thinking about ways to like lock the size of those things, but it, it just doesn't work. So um, I think next year I could even just like have a roadmap projected on the whiteboard and have magnets that they physically move at, yes. like game pieces. Yeah. Um, and then just their own copies of the game board with the links to whatever they need just as kind of like a hyperdoc, just like as a, as a link. Right. But then or, they also you know, have that. Yeah. It doesn't have um, to be a collaborative one. Necess- you know, they could each have their own roadmap. Right. Yeah. Their own piece, you know. Yeah. And I think... Um, I like to make use of more frequent check-ins, I think, is what I learned is, especially when you're doing the roadmaps, I, I feel kind of isolated, just like walking around, checking people's screens and seeing like, oh, what are you doing now? Okay. Um, because with Edpuzzles, all of, you can do a lot of the check-ins there mm-hmm. um, because it's built in or you can make it built in. But um, I think having that time to connect with students is something that I'll be focusing on more next year. Yeah. And I think that's very true. I think for a seasoned teacher trying roadmaps or a newer teacher trying roadmaps, figuring out, okay, what is my role? How do Mm -hmm. I fit in? And I, and I think it's true trying to identify as quickly as you can students that are in need of help. Um, So maybe again, starting that class off with an exit or entrance ticket to figure out what questions they may have, or even a little, um, check for understanding maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, but also just recognizing too, that sometimes just that time to chat with them about nothing, you know, work related at all. Uh, work-related, school-related, class-related mm-hmm. is is really valuable and, and will eventually make them more comfortable so that if they do have a content question, you know, they might, oh, while you're here kind of thing, let me ask you this or, yeah. um, you know, that conversation might lead to you even just uncovering some things maybe they don't fully understand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. So roadmaps continuing on. I know I've already brought up the Modern Classrooms project, but anyway, it's super great. Really should maybe, if you have time this summer, take their free course. And, um, you know, it's roadmaps, essentially instructional videos, but with a little bit more of, um, you know, mastery-based grading, check mastery checks in there. Um, and, well, still has that self-pacing. So anyway, it's a natural, natural fit, but maybe... Um, a deeper, a little deeper integration of roadmaps, I guess. Okay. You, we talked about Edpuzzle, how Mm -hmm. you became a big fan. Were there any other tech tools besides Google Classroom that you 
um, you know, embraced or any that you're thinking of trying next year? I remember using Nearpod once with the sixth graders. Um, I, I think this year it was just, it was difficult to really get an idea of all of the different tech tools that I would want to use. So if we were to do this episode um, next year, after year two, I think I would have a lot more solid answers because, you know, I think half the time I was at school, I was making things and preparing for the next day or the next class. Um, so now that I've finally have some sort of foundation, now I can like tweak. Um, because I, I with Nearpod, wait, not Nearpod, Paired, did, I, did I say Nearpod? You did, but I think I'm talking about Pear Deck. They're very similar. They're very similar. Um, Pear Deck. Yes. Um, I don't think I really had like slides ever made until Mm -hmm. recently. Um, It's it was the end of the week or end of the year. Sorry, with my geography class, they had just taken their final tests, and so um, I just talked about global wind patterns and. I just had a slideshow with guided notes like on a piece of paper and one of my students kind of snarkily said, oh, Mr. Kim's actually going to teach us, <laughs> right? Because oh, <laughs> it's like, I, I think they're thinking, oh, like he only does like cyber sandwiches, like um, uh, like ed puzzles and like he doesn't actually do anything, right? Like we're just doing all the learning ourselves and what's Mr. Kim doing? And so like, yeah, I was just thinking, aha, this is fun because um, just wait till they have to sit through 30 minutes of me going through slides and like writing on the whiteboard and they're taking notes. um, And I'm probably going to be going way too fast or like, and they're not going to be wanting to raise a hand to ask questions because they're embarrassed to um, not get something. Um, and so I, you know, I, I did my thing and I said, Hey, look at this. This is like the Coriolis effect and, um, all these like Hadley cells and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, I had a question posted on Google classroom saying like, Hey, like, how do you learn best? Did you like this lecture style type of thing with guided notes? Or did you like the, um, at puzzles as your protocols, like all the things and, like 90% of the kids said that they like the Ed Puzzles um, and Cyber Sandwiches. So I was like, aha, there you go. Like, yeah. you didn't know that you loved it, but I guess just talk, hearing me talk for 30 minutes just made them realize, ah, yes, this could be a lot worse. <laughs> totally. Oh, my goodness. I know. But it does. It gets you a little bit. It's like, oh, like... <laughs> people like it's not that traditional teaching mm-hmm. it's just that's not that's not it anymore I would say you know that's not meeting the kids needs mm-hmm. um that's just not how we're wired to learn to be I probably never was but even more so is not and with with the technology and things that we know like why would we go back to just teaching to the middle one size fits all like oh no, 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 no. Um, but yes, students have a way of, of putting things and you're just like, oh, that, that hurts. That's like a punch in the gut kind mm-hmm. of thing. I didn't um, take it personally though. 
Okay, good. All right. I guess I'm just having the the difficult reaction to it, but that's awesome. I was going to ask, you know, what do you, what do you think your, your students would say? What is, uh, what is your sense of um, how they thought it all went? And so it, it sounds like you got a little bit of a glimpse of that first year, check, check. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I guess I just hope um, given what we hear lately about teachers and teachers leaving the profession and it being so hard, um, which is, I don't know. I, I hope you're not, you're feeling good about where you are and that, you know, there's always potential in teaching to grow and there's always room to change things up. And, and I think that's what makes it an exciting profession. And obviously each year you get different students with different mm-hmm. challenges coming at you. Um, so hopefully uh, this is year one of many. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely moments when I thought this would be year one of one, but <laughs> um, I, I think, uh, yeah, those are just, you know, it's the long days, but short years, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's some parenting advice or something like that. It's like, you gotta like, these are long days, but... The days are long. Uh, but the years are short or years something. Years are short, yeah. Something yeah. like that, yes. It's true. <laughs> they grow yeah. up very quickly. <laughs> Actually, yeah, my sixth graders, they're they're so big now. And I look at the, the fifth graders um, and I'm just like, are we even allowed to take middle schoolers that little? Like, <laughs> there's no way that when they're going into sixth grade, like, I don't think they're ready. Like, they're too mm. small. But, mm. yeah, they, they grow up so fast. Yes. And they do a lot of growing over the summer, too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I don't know that we'll, we'll pick up with you for year two of teaching or not. Maybe we'll surprise everybody, but mm-hmm. um, it has been great going through this journey back in your student teaching days so long ago. And yeah. now uh, through this year, it's been so fun. As a reminder, I was your teacher. You know that, mm-hmm. but you know, for all the listeners out there. So, um, so we go way back and uh, this has been like really helpful now that we've made it through the first year. Just I've been learning so much from you ever since you were my teacher. And now still, still I'm learning a lot from you. So, and I yes. hope to, well, as you send me we more. Can keep chatting. We just yeah. don't have to record it forever and edit it. That's <laughs> the problem. That's the problem. Everybody recording is fun. Chatting is fun. The editing. Don't we have enough listeners and revenue from our podcast to hire a full-time editor? Uh, I don't think we're quite there yet. I mean, it's probably pretty close, though. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody wants to offer, <laughs> we might. <laughs> we might, you know, if the price is right, uh, mm-hmm. take that up. All right. Well, thank you, listeners. Thank you, Young. Enjoy your summer. Relax. Thank you. Holy. Yes. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and please follow us on Twitter at Bell Ringers Show.